Greetings program, hello and welcome to Tronologically Speaking, a movie-by-minute podcast talking about Disney's 1982 movie Tron. This is Minute 48. I'm your host, Duncan Shields, and returning with me today is my steadfast, forceful, and affable guest co-host, Jack Stovold. Welcome, Jack. I'm a computer program. You're a computer program. (laughs) We're all computer programs. Aren't Uh, we all... It feels so good. It does. It does. Let's see, what do we got here in this minute? Uh, Flynn, Ram, and Tron find a cavern in the electronic wilderness, and Sark is very angry. I remember this scene um, differently. That's this is. I guess this minute's coming later that I always get. I always think are part of this sequence, but it's interesting that they that they put it here. So Flynn, Flynn, Ram, and Tron come to a stop in the tunnel. They've lost the tanks for now. Uh, there's a close-up of Flynn through the side window of his bike, and you can clearly see that this is a still image for this shot. As the bike's glowing grid appears and derezzes around him before he stands up quickly again in a sped-up motion, and he's left holding the glowing bar. It disappears in a flash in his hands, and you can see that Ram and Tron are also standing as their bars disappear in their hands. It's kind of um, like that... Uh the moment in Star Wars when in the Millennium Falcon where Luke turns off the lightsaber and it's like clearly two different shots. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, I I don't... Uh... Luke yeah, turns... I, 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 I sort of remember there being a bit of a jump in the film there, but I didn't... Uh... Yeah, okay, I'd like to watch that scene again. What do you, so they would they stop and start the camera or something? Or... It's like... Basically, what I think happened is it's two different shots where Luke is holding the lightsaber that is, when they filmed it, like, you know, a rod, a metal rod sticking out. Oh, sure, right. And then the second shot is him holding the lightsaber with no rod. Yeah, yeah, And they made him stand in the exact same position. And in the film, he's just turned the lightsaber off and the lightsaber, like, retracts into, you know, the rod. Yeah. But, it, but it's clearly two different shots and it's not very smooth. That makes sense. For yeah. sure. Yeah. I never thought about it like that. For sure. They would have been waving around uh, for reference or whatever for someone to track waving around an actual... Right. tube hang out of the out of the handle there but then when it turns off you need to jump to them nothing being there oh cool yeah that makes sense because all of the all of those uh all of the when the, when the yeah when it disappears there's a bit the of a bikes. jump yeah yeah with the bikes it's the same thing yeah one yeah, thing that's kind of it, it it's smoother than it is in star wars this is definitely <laughs> yeah well there's a almost a 10 year difference i guess with like yeah. between 77 and 82 but but also any herky, like there's some jerky motion in Tron and you just roll with it because it's inside the computer world. Sure. Whenever there's a, uh, somebody blips or jumps or glitches, you're like, oh, well, makes sense. Yeah, it's really, it's I'll, a kind of a I'll cool see. way for you. Yeah, it's an out. It. It's an out. It's like it's a, it's a computer glitch. Yeah. 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 It's a feature. <laughs> not yeah, a, not it's a bug. Like, it's a, that was always the joke in the, in the computer game thing is you find, uh, like there was, a. A tunnel in Grand Theft Auto where the collision had been done wrong. And if you, it was an underground tunnel, but if you went into the underground tunnel, your car would fly. 
because right. the col- okay. the collision barrier was higher than where the where the road had been <laughs> built so there's a your car would fly through the tunnel and people were calling it an easter egg and people were saying oh go through you have to go through the blade runner tunnel where your where your car flies and uh, <laughs> you know the creators were just like yeah sure that's um good you yeah, found yeah. you found the secret blade runner tunnel you we found meant the to do uh, that you found the Easter egg. It's a feature. It's a feature. It's not a bug at all. Yeah. You know. So that's what. Yeah, that's yeah, what happens. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the uh, the cat in the Matrix. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. We meant we meant to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's cool about this whole transformation sequence, though, is like the other. Like it's all hand done. Yes. Right. Yeah, this was all. All the glows were hand done, and the transformation, uh, the glows on the on the on the sticks and the bars that they're holding in their hands, and the glows that are on their bodies from the sticks. That's all hand done, and this transformation. It was kind of funny because this transformation was another um, Van Vliet. The the animator's name was Van Vliet, and he's the guy that did the de-resing effect of Flynn as he was being mm. sucked into the computer bit by bit. And he didn't he didn't realize at the time that this would end up becoming one of the signature moves of the film, this bike transformation sequence, right. and it would end up on on the covers of all the sort of movie magazines and effects magazines. The the problem was that it was always portrayed as an example of what computers can do these days. You know, it was like, look at the fantastic computer animation in the movie Tron. And he was so frustrated <laughs> because this was all 100% done by hand. Yes. By yeah. him. <laughs> it was done by him at great expense to the hours of his life. <laughs> and yeah. his, like, small team. And, you know, he'd be on a plane or something watching a show about how it was all CG. And he'd just be going like, no, that's no. not CG. <laughs> this is all by hand. Stop it. It was not, you know... It's like he's he's like this kind of strange kind of famous where his work is getting all this praise, but it's for a hundred percent the wrong, the wrong reasons. reason. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and that must have been that must have been very, pretty. Yeah, uh, that's very frustrating. Yeah, yeah. With, with, which, like, yeah, we talked about it in the last minute, I think. But that's that's so uh, such a cool thing about this movie is that you know, in spite of it being like revolutionary in terms of all the cgi animation there's yeah there's just so much like old school classic animation done by like painting the cells and yeah like yeah there was a like, a wild sort of combo of like yeah you know 21 year old you know like just like young animators getting into the forefront of everything that can be possible with all this new technology as well as much older experienced animators yes. who have done hand-painted effects on the last 10 Disney films. Just like, yeah. this is just, okay, this is job number 20. You know, they can, <laughs> okay, sure. Paint some glows on some guys. You got it. You know, and it's, I think it's a real testament to the film that not only did the four different companies making all the effects end up looking like it was done by one effects company, mm. Um, but also all the hand done stuff marries into the CG stuff perfectly. Yeah, no, to the really... point that everybody thought it was CG. When I, normally you'd think the hand done stuff and the CG stuff would be like oil and water. You know, you'd think, oh, that's a that's a hand done effect. You can tell because it's all got a whole Don Bluth feel to it or something. But, right. You no, know, I... you just go hand hand in hand. That 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 kind of art direction that was must have been such a challenge. 
Yeah, I imagine. Like I said, I just really, I love the idea of doing like handmade special effects to match the yeah. new CGI effects. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, that's really cool and interesting thing about this film. Yeah. What's, uh, what's interesting about this shot now that I know how they shot some of the shots, um, they're standing in a line, mm-hmm. but they're a few, a few feet apart, a few feet apart from each other with Jeff Bridges is in the foreground and then it's Flynn and then it's Ram. I mean, then it's Tron and then it's Ram. And when they're standing in a line like this, the camera's depth of field on the 65 millimeter cameras was super shallow. Mm. So they can't have anybody out of focus. Because if you're out of focus, then the because you're standing against a black background that they're trying to key out, you know, right. cut you out in, in silhouette. Mm. But if you're mm. blurry, then that's not going to work. So they needed to have everybody in focus. So they would quite often in scenes like this where they're separated by a few feet, they would shoot them all separately. Really? Yeah. So they're not in the same. In this scene, you can kind of see. I mean, their eye lines look really solid, but mm. um, but they're they're probably the scene. The scene was probably shot with the three of them separately. Really? So that's yeah. Wow. It looks looks good though, and you can sort of tell because they're they're reacting all just a little bit differently. Mm. Um, and Flynn says, um, "Oh man, from the other side of the screen, this all looks so easy." Yeah, <laughs> which is a sweet line. It could it could have been the tagline for the film. I think it's great. Yeah, it's a great it's a great response. All this riding around in like a, a like a, a death race, like a, a motorcycle race to the death, and uh, yeah, no, this is like it could be like the Tron tagline, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's uh, what I what I don't quite understand here is that Tron looks at his disappearing cycle wand like uh, what just happened. He's like, whoa. Where'd it go? And you'd think this was uh He should know. You know yeah. Like, he should know. Jeff then, Bridges but, should be like, Whoa, crazy. Like I wrote yeah. it. I wrote it, but like I never experienced it. Yeah. But like Tron uh, should be like, Yeah, I know this. <laughs> yeah. And then Rom I mean sorry, Ram goes into this immediate crouch to look behind him if there's any pursuit happening. <laughs> so he's got kind of a different reaction than than Tron and Flynn. So that sort of sort of lends credence to the fact that they were all sort of filmed separately because he comes out of his in a in a panic and a crouch. It's kind of cool that they're all doing something a little bit different though. So at least yeah. there's that. They're all different people. What's interesting is I'm sort of wondering where their bikes go because they're in their cycles again later on in in later minutes but if their wands have disappeared it sort of makes it look like the bikes are one-shot devices that once you've got once the wand disappears and i don't know how they get into their bikes again that's the that's one thing that true i'd never thought about that yeah if they turn into the wands like in legacy it turns into a wand and then you put it into a holster or put it into your boot or something like that to save it for later right i really need to watch legacy again um, I don't. Yeah, think I, some, gave, I don't think I gave it a fair shake. No, uh, something I've been taught. The last, uh, the last co-host we had here, Alan. I, uh, I was recommending that he watch Legacy again because I watched Legacy again about two weeks ago, and I was like, you know what? I was way too hard on this movie. Yeah, I was too. Um, 
like, I think you go back to my Facebook history, like, I don't know. When did it come out? Oh, that was two, that's a while ago now. Not 2000, that was 2014? 2000, yeah, might have uh, been 2000. All right, so like, 11. all right, say five years ago or something. Yeah. I got drunk, I watched the movie, and I'm like, can we curse on this podcast now? All right. Not really. I can All take right. it out, but yeah. <laughs> I was like, screw this movie. Yeah. I was yeah. so I was so angry. I was like I was surprised how emotional I was because like I didn't realize I loved the original Tron this much. And I watched wow. that movie and I'm like <laughs> And I think I think I should watch it again. It's probably I was probably being, like, bad, you know? Yeah. No, I hear what you're saying. I enjoyed it, but I did feel like it fell short. Um, get this. Yeah. It came out in 2010. Oh, my God. Almost, Jeez. Almost 10 so, years ago now. Yeah, maybe this post that I made on Facebook was maybe, like, nine years ago. Yeah. I yeah. don't understand time anymore. Um, yeah. <laughs> Word. Was it? <laughs> it, was, it's just, it was a great... Uh, great tweet i saw recently that was like oh i think yeah I it's all yeah 2000 it's almost 2020 which means that the year 2000 was 20 years ago which is weird because 1980 was yes. also 20 years it, ago yeah, exactly that <laughs> you know? is exactly my mind frame so yeah I'm like, that doesn't, um, what yeah 10 years ago now is like that might as well have been last year for me yeah um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, it's pretty wild. I'm but yeah, I, I, yeah, I was, I was so rationally angry about Tron Legacy, and it was, it was. I mean, there, there was. I really should watch it again. I only saw it that one yeah. time, but it was just like, um, well, that, like at the time, the creepy CGI, creepy, yeah. creepy, creepy uh, young Jeff Bridges, which yeah. They've, if they, really, if they they've really gotten uh, better at that technology now in the they sure have yeah stuff. they really but have it, that's one thing that they should have done is maybe just kept the cg jeff bridges in the game yeah because when it weird when it, it's when it was weird. clue you could sort of roll with it because of you know you're like oh it's it looks cg you're like well that's good because he's in the he's in the he's, he's in, in the, the grid he's a game Makes character sense. and then but those two those couple flashback sequences where they have the young yeah that's you know, weird or and if uh, they were gonna have that they should have had more young bruce boxleitner because they had a couple shots of him and they should exactly. have had more of him and then, but anyway um, like the also just the the whole tron world which i want to talk about in this minute and mm. like i'm amazed i got this minute because this is like the minute I would have requested. Awesome. <laughs> so, like, oh, mad props to you for giving me this minute. Cool. Um, but just the like the the whole Tron world in that movie, and they like explain it in the story, like it's evolved or whatever. Yeah. But it just it didn't look special to me anymore. It looked just like a kind of world that we'd see in a lot of movies or something. Whereas, yeah, the Tron world, this, the world of Tron in this movie is so, like, beautiful and unique yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah. The new in the Legacy movie, everything's kind of a little bit menacing. Yeah, it's, not it's, a, kind, of, it's kind of like 
it feels like things I've seen in a lot of other movies, you know. Yeah, for sure. Whereas in this one, like this, the scene this, we're coming up to here, like we got so, so unique. Yeah, so uh, yeah, it's the Flynn, scene we're yeah. coming up to. Yeah, that that's what I wanted to be on. Yeah, so they they get their they they get off their bikes. They've, they've their bikes have disappeared. They're looking around, and then they run off through an opening, and they come into a beautiful underground cave. Yes, oh and this God. looks like a pure Mobius design here, and it's like beautiful yeah. translucent pyramidal stalactites and stalagmites poking up and down from the floor and the ceiling, but they're all, all traced like with polygons Gl- yeah polygons with glowing lines of energy and like vibrant teal and sky blue and green with glistening edges and there's a, like a sound like a, yes like, a the, like the sound design in the scene is so beautiful and so amazing well, to me yeah like a high-pitched crystal being rubbed or something like that yes. something that yes you know, like this like legit this has always like, been one of my favorite scenes of Tron, like the whole movie. Like, if, like, you, could, if you could hear glittering, like if you could hear glittering, if, that's yeah, what if, the, like, you if, know. yeah, exactly. Like, but I kind of, I have synesthesia, um, where I don't know. It's like sounds and um, lights, or like. I don't know. They like visual- like, yeah, they, they, yeah, they like input will come in. They and become then sort the of, same like, be thing. Trans- yeah, it can be it's like where, and for me, especially mu- music has a visual component to me. Right. Yeah. And, um, I, like something about the scene is so beautiful. And like, I want to live like this moment in Tron where they, you know, the modus, the light cycle race has ended and they just yeah. get into this place. I'm like, I want to live in this world. Yeah, like this (laughs) dark world of like clear outlines and um, polygonal shapes, and everything has an outline. It's it's so beautiful. I don't know. It it just really touches me. Yeah, it really is. Like conceptually, the the sounds that are happening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like conceptually, it's a really beautiful look, but it's also it just came so correct. You know, like they really, this is one of those things that went from sketch to execution and just ended up being, I think, even better than they imagined. Yes, Cause this, exactly. Because this, this, this crystal cave that they're in here is so, so yeah. wonderful and so beautiful. And there's yeah. like even up, there's one of the pyramids over on one side of the, of the cave there mm. that's got a floating tip. Like there's a, just a chunk missing and the tip is just floating above it. Like, yes. like fantastic. Yes. yes. Bring it it's, on. I love it. No, like the art. The art design, the the atmosphere, the sound design, it's all perfect. Like this world, I want to be in there. And this, um, oh, thank you so much for letting me be on this. Oh, you're welcome. You're yeah, welcome. I, I had a lot of fun the last time I was on, but it was all just like in the real world. I'm like, ah, it's just the real world. That's, that's right. Boring. Yeah, most, <laughs> most real world minutes. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So I'm so, so glad I got to be on here because, um, Especially, I grew up playing, you know, Nintendo, the old Nintendo, Nintendo Entertainment System. And a lot of those games, like, they just had, like, the black void and as a background, like, and just, I love the black void and I love um, the idea of a world where the overriding color 
is black with like really bright highlights outlined in like yeah. digital form, like strong straight lines. Yeah. Polygonal lines over a black world. The yeah. digital world is so appealing to me. It's like one thing that I wonder about is because they were originally going to film this against a white background. Right? No, no, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it reminds me, it was in, I think it was Matrix 2 or Matrix 3. Mm-hmm. They, there was, um, when they get to Zion, mm. they had a, there was like a loading bay. Right, where the sort of the comptrollers that were letting all the traffic come in and out of Zion, they were in a construct, but it was just white. Oh yeah, and yeah. All that, all of this. It's like a deleted scene or something. I think. Oh, was or, it? I thought it was or, in the uh, film, I, but just no, briefly. No, you're right. I think it is actually in the film. Yeah, but it's like yeah, all the screens they're tapping on are black outlines, right? So they're in a white, uh, a totally white loading space yeah no i, no, I no. guess it's kind of like when when he was at guns lots of guns they were in that, like a that, white that was loading cool. space which, which is cool i mean i also i don't it could it could have worked it would have been an entirely different movie but it, it could have worked if you can sort of imagine tron with nothing but a white background with the same sort of polygons and everything but with with a white i background. mean yeah it's like i'm not a like that scene in the matrix is cool but it's only one yeah. scene it's um, one scene yeah um yeah, I don't dislike that, but like I much prefer things in a black sure. background. Like, yeah, for sure. Also, I'm a huge fan of the Batman the Animated Series. Yeah. Which um is a unique cartoon because instead of doing things on a white background like every other cartoon, like every shot is painted on black paper. Right. Okay, sure. Cartoon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is makes it so much more atmospheric, and I don't know, just yeah, yeah. I, I, I prefer the dark to the light. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think earlier you said I like the black void, and I was like, oh, that's a T-shirt right there. I like yeah, the black yeah, void. Yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, when I go to a, like you know bars or whatever, I like bars yeah. that are dimly lit. You know, I yeah. Just, uh, I, well, it's I, like what a, it's I like to same, imagine like, it could fade away and yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I, I work in uh, I work in computer animation, so our offices we there's a there's two camps, right? There's people that prefer to work in the cave. There's people that prefer turn off all the lights, please. You know, I'm working. I need to be just headphones looking at my monitor in the darkness and then there's other people that are like i'm starving to death without light please god turn on a light <laughs> you know so we've got these these two camps of the light and the dark going on in most offices you know oh really okay well yeah. I'm, I'm definitely in the dark camp <laughs> yeah me too i'm definitely I like, put me I like in that cave <laughs> put me in there right so Flynn says, uh, they must have gone right past us. And he jogs down the ramp into the cave. And if you pause uh, the clip at f- second, around second 47 as Flynn's jogging down the cave, jogging down the ramp into the cave, the Flynn's moving at a pretty good rate here as he jogs down the ramp. Yeah. And you can see that there's an unavoidable blur happening on him. And as a result, there's a very black outline around his body because the background's coming through the border of his silhouette as he blurs right like this is they pumped the sets with so much light 
right. to make sure that everybody would never blur, that the camera would soak mm. in every frame. And that's why a lot of the shots, they're just standing. They're not doing gymnastics or whatever. Right. And it's nope. because of this. Because they don't want it. too much motion. That would yeah. Yeah. Interesting. They didn't have the, the capability yeah. to, to key it out well. And you can see it here. It's interesting to actually see it in motion here as he's running down. You're like, ooh, that's a really ropey outline around him. And it's because he's he's jogging pretty quickly. Right? So that's pretty cool. And Ram and Tron are standing at the top of the ramp, smiling in triumph as Tron says, we made it before sobering up and saying, this far. <laughs> And I wonder if this shot also had to be shot separately and composited, although it seems that Ram is looking at Tron right in the eye, and usually when you do shots like this, they can be a little off because you're looking at a tennis ball on a stick or something like that. Right. And also what's interesting about this shot is there's some of that, that grayscale brightness jumping that's happening. Like It would usually be covered up by a pulse of light from the background or something like that, but um, it's not... It's not happening here. Their grayscale is jumping bright and dark a couple times, and uh, they're not covering up with a pulse of light, which is very strange because I think if there was ever a set that could use the odd pulse of light, it's this naturally occurring computer cave, right? Yes. I think there'd be like pulses of light happening all over from, I don't know, computer lichen or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> so then we cut to Sark's cruiser. Sark. Glowing along like a the blimp. They got uh <laughs> they actually used uh the engine of a blimp for the sound effect of Sark's cruiser. There's a tank driving below it, it drives right over the camera again. And we cut to a a wider shot and we can see eleven tanks driving underneath in the shadow of Sark's low flying cruiser. And the tanks these What's this? What's that? What's that uh what's that theme song? I don't know. It's Tron music. Oh, oh, Tron music. Okay, I thought you were like uh, quoting an old uh, an old show theme song no, or something no. that I didn't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then the tanks in this shot are somewhere in between the fully res tanks we saw in the chase and the full-on cardboard low-poly primitive ones we saw in the holding pen. They're fully green instead of green and green treads with a black chassis. There's like one black bubble dome and simplified barrels. So I guess if there's more of them on screen, they need to be scaled back for the computer to handle it. That's still true. That's still true today in games and movies. So there needs to be like a form of economy used. Like we were talking earlier with like the level of detail, right? So far away things have less polygons. So you're not choking the computer rendering stuff that's like super far away where it doesn't matter. And then we get a tank commander saying... Pursuit force reporting. We lost visual contact with escaped units awaiting further orders. And then we cut back to inside Sark's cockpit when Sark says, get the, prefer- get the pursuit forces back into the canyons. Those programs never made it out of there. And this is another example of how tight these uniforms are. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Sark, Sark, Sark is standing looking at the big board maze as Sark... Uh, he points at the canyons and David Warner is wearing kind of a, a chaps. He's kind of wearing like a carapace overlay chap sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. But his Lieutenant on the other hand is going full Ned Flanders. Just <laughs> really looks like he's wearing nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. It's like, wow. Nothing at all. Uh, 
It's a very, it's an athletic young man there, I see. <laughs> and he responds, uh, the lieutenant says, we'll have them back in no time, sir, long before the interrupt interface. Which is, well, this lieutenant here, um, speaking of nothing at all, this lieutenant is played by Tony Stefano. Uh, Tony Stefano. Tony Stefano. And I don't want to tell anyone how to Google, but uh, Tony Stefano seems to have done some adult nude modeling back in the day. (laughs) Um, If you're into such things, you won't be disappointed. Now I know what Tony is packing, which is something that I sort of wish I didn't, I didn't know, but like, it's weird because the black and white and the outfit really don't do him any favors in this movie, but he's got great hair, piercing blue eyes, and that all kind of gets lost in this film and is, he's one yeah. of those, when, when he's you're one, converted to black and white. Yeah. Yeah. He's like converted <laughs> to black and white. He's got the, the hockey helmet on and stuff at a, He's one of these. Uh, he's one of the people that like it. Really, it really tones him down. He yeah. really gets lost, lost I mean, in the costume. I mean, I love Tron, but the way that all the characters appear in the world Tron, it does make it hard to tell who people yeah. are. Honestly, yeah, for sure, right? <laughs> for sure, they're all they're all washed out in black and white, and they're all wearing the same clothes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. but it does make it hard to follow <laughs> yeah his uh his nude photo spread was in a magazine called foxy lady oh. entertainment for women in the february 1975 issue if anybody wants to pick that up on ebay or whatever yeah, check he, it out he, check it out he, he also started a 1975 movie called the reincarnation of peter proud which seems to have garnered quite a bit of critical acclaim <laughs> The, the main character was played by Michael Sarazin. He believes that he was a man named Jeffrey Curtis in a past life, married to Margot Kidder, actually. Mm. And uh, Tony Stefano plays that Jeffrey Curtis character in the flashbacks, some sort of wealthy family playboy driving 1930s cars and living on mansion estates, from what I can tell. Interesting. Based on the best-selling novel of the same name by Max Ehrlich. It's rated R, and it's done by Bing Crosby Productions. Looks cheesy, but it could be good fun. High 70s mysticism camp, you know, like, reincarnation is real. I'm having memories, 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 you know, that kind of thing. But Tony Stefano changed his name to Stuart Thomas and got out of acting altogether in his 30s not long after Tron. And from what I can see, he's still alive somewhere. He must have had a very interesting, if very brief time back there in the 70s under the spotlight of stardom in uh, British films. He's still alive. alive. (laughs) I'll link to the trailer for the reincarnation of Peter Proud because it looks really trippy. I kind of want to check it out now. But Sark responds to him, We'd better null unit. I'll be lucky if the MCP doesn't blast me into a dead zone. I want those conscripts. (laughs) And this is just more of David Warner. Prime David Warner. It's just how much David Warner sells this is a real testament to what a good actor he is. You can see the difference in this scene. You can really see the difference here between the two actors. It was like in that TV show Westworld um, when Anthony Hopkins was on screen with almost almost anybody else. (laughs) Anthony Hopkins is in Westworld? Yeah, he's one of the main characters. I I haven't watched Westworld. I mean, I've only... I've only seen the old 
movie Westworld. I haven't. Yeah, seen well, the season show. season uh, seen a, season one of Westworld is something I think that you would enjoy very very much. Mm. I'm looking forward to season three that's coming out. But yeah, he's fantastic in it because he's on set with these younger actors who are doing their best, but they look like they're five year olds pretending to act next to this this guy this yeah oscar award-winning thespian just no, blowing love, them out of the water right i love anthony i'm good to see him you sort of get a similar thing happening here with david warner acting and uh selling it in a ridiculous getup and a bizarre premise and no. you can tell the other actors just kind of on stage in a black set in a strange costume kind of <laughs> saying the lines that he's been told to say but not really you know, or maybe I mean I'm being a little unfair to Tony Stefano here. I mean he's also like David Warner's the big bad guy, and he's supposed to be a a lieutenant who doesn't really know what's up. So yeah, but yeah, yeah, you can but, see the difference here. No, yeah, but David Warner knows what the hell he's doing, and uh, yeah, yeah, and that I'm that's that's what I love about especially like these you know these David Warner esque British actors in genre films. Like I said, yeah. like, why is why isn't David Warner famous? Why doesn't everybody know he's this? But yeah. he's he's so he knows what he's doing, and it, he just like the people around him are like, no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. He gives a lot. All the other actors here are like, oh, so that's how it's done. That's oh, okay, you're the bad guy. Okay, I'll you know like yeah, I think what it, really. F- yeah, what I'm saying scene, is, in, yeah. What I'm saying is like he he's not like phoning it in or looking down yeah. on the material. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. what that's what I respect is like I'm here and I'm going to do this job. Yeah, very well, professional. Yeah. yeah. No, that's yeah, that's great. Yeah. Love it's him. funny in the in the creator's commentary uh Lisberger really laughs his head off at the uh at uh, when when Warner says null unit, he's like, "We'd better <laughs> null unit." Lisberger's like, "Ah, ha, 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 null unit." He's like, <laughs> yeah. it's "Such a silly thing to say." But it's he's very silly. silly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, then we get a shot. We cut back to the cave, and we get a shot of Ram and Flynn and Tron. Uh, I guess climbing spelunking. Up yes, this is spelunking. Digital spelunking. Caving. Digital spelunking. As they they go mm. up. Uh, part of a cave to a narrow opening which it looks good they're climbing up on these digital things that are not real you know no it's just a black ramp of plywood or something yeah yeah looks great tron is an amazing looking movie that's it really is i mean i love i love tron but it's it's not like the acting or the story it's I mean, yeah. which, which are fine, but like, yeah, it's visually, it's an amazing film. Yeah. The two things that really set it above everything else is the visuals and the soundtrack. The story itself, I yep. think is really, really rich and good. And there's a lot in there to chew on, but, yep. um, without the visuals and the music, it would have been just another eighties film. Yes. Like it really, uh, it really becomes something, something yep. huge, a real, a real watermark. Yeah. And I think maybe that was part of the disappointment of Legacy was that it looked really, really cool, but it wasn't that somehow generational next level leap. Exactly. You yeah. know, like I thought they did a fantastic job 
of updating the visuals. I was like, oh, okay, they really could have messed this up, and they didn't. They really nailed it, but it didn't have that, yeah, that yeah, never, I, I, never, that never seen this before kind of feeling that you get from uh, from the original eighty yeah, Tron. It's not even. It's not even like. Of course, it was like I've never seen this before, but it's like I've also since then I've never seen anything like this either. There you go. Yeah, that's it. That's the, that's it right it's, there. It's unique. And, yeah, um, it's true. Yeah, not only did nothing like that come before, but nothing like that came afterwards. Yeah, it's a very and good so point. that's why I'm really grateful to you for letting me be on these minutes because I got to be on minutes where the movie, you know, some of the best visual moments of the movie. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. It's. One an interesting point is that in the creator's commentary, Lisberger notes that Tron and Ram being programs would have just kept on playing Sark's game forever and ever until they died. Mm-hmm. But that it's it's Flynn's user style sort of outside the box thinking, uh and escape and improvisation that sets them free. They wouldn't have escaped of their own accord if it wasn't for him. I don't think they really made that super clear in the movie, but that's sort of that was sort of the point. Is that uh, Yeah, they're bas- they're basically Mario on the demo screen when you just let the game yeah play where he just plays and he does hitting yeah, the yeah. plan every time that's and right Finn is what happens when you actually press start and play the game sure like, that's a great I love that that's a fantastic analogy yeah that takes us up to somewhat near the end of the minute I mean uh, the differences between the screenplay and the novel um there's not much of a difference except when they're hiding in the cave they can literally hear the pursuit forest fading away as they go past the cave they're hiding in kind of thing and then Dude, uh, <laughs> I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna order the novel I want to <laughs> I've I've been loving it because I've been going I didn't read the whole novel I've actually been going through the novel minute yeah. by minute uh-huh. and it's um it's been wild seeing the differences this most most of it's pretty much the same because the uh, the dialogue was pretty much nailed down by the time they wrote the novel and he adapted it from the screenplay who, but uh who is it writing it Brian Daly Oh Brian Daly the guy yeah, who wrote Brian the Han Solo trilogy yeah That's right that's right yeah he went on to do yeah. some pretty amazing work later on yeah um, no, he's uh yeah it's worth getting it's not super hard to track down you might have to pay a little bit but not too much it's it's their their you know cheap paperbacks are kicking around out there yeah no, like some novelizations are uh some of them are pretty interesting movie yeah novelizations. yeah i can see that being a bit of a niche genre to itself that people would get into I definitely yeah. want to get into. I want to read the novelization of Buckaroo Banzai now that I know there's one of those kicking <laughs> out there. So I'm like, oh, what other? I'm, I can see myself going down a rabbit hole with novelizations for sure, right? Yeah, definitely. Like the, yeah, uh, yeah for example, of the original Star Wars trilogy, Return of the Jedi is my least favorite of the movies, but yeah, it's. I've read the novelizations of all three, and it is by far my favorite of the trilogy. The novelizations, really? yes. Oh wow, no kidding! Like huh. it's, it's it's exactly the reverse order. Like <laughs> original trilogy, my it's Empire, uh, New Hope, and 
Return of the Jedi, but my yeah. novelization order is Return of the Jedi, New Hope, Empire. <laughs> wow, that's wild. Oh man, Return of the Jedi. Return to Return of the Jedi novel is great. Yeah. Huh. That's something else. All right. Well, that's cool. That's a that's a bold that's a bold claim. I want to check that out now. Yep. Yeah, but I, uh, yeah, I'm definitely. I might just hop on Amazon right now and see if I can find that Tron novelization. Try and get it. Cool. The one I've got's got some uh, like behind the scenes photographs in the middle. Uh, so that's uh, that's uh, nice. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> in the screenplay, instead of telling them go back into the canyons, uh, Sark says get the pursuit force back into four hundred four A. There's no a place else they could be. So I guess canyons is probably better. <laughs> but four hundred four isn't that um, the error you get when a? It is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, four hundred four error. Uh, yeah, four hundred four error. Yeah page can't find yeah. this page 404 which i don't think that error was even around back then so i don't know if this no, is just no, a, a lucky guess prob- probably a coincidence but that's pretty it's random huh. yeah. cool well i guess that takes us to the minute of the end of minute 48 it's been a fantastic trip it's been a wonderful trip having you on for these three minutes yeah duncan i just want to i um i want to say it's my second time on the show and it's, yeah it's been amazing um both times i've been like really nervous didn't <laughs> didn't know if i had enough to say and you are such a, an amazing host a fun guy like the conversation just flows and i i really appreciate that like when i meet people like that um, excellent yeah so um yeah big props to you can't wait to hear the show when it comes out i'll be listening to every minute excellent and um yeah i will i will um soon i'll be doing a minute by minute podcast myself cool for the movie akira from akira which i'm so surprised hasn't been done yet so i'm really happy that you're doing that well um it actually has been done, but it's been done by Germans oh, in Germans. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So we'll be the first English language podcast to tackle it. <laughs> there is there is oh, already an Akira minute, but it's in German, and I do not speak German, so. Um, no, but I want to hear the Germans talk about it, but go over certain <laughs> scenes where they're, where they're screaming, Akira, Kanita. I want to hear the, the German people Canada, screaming yeah. that. Oh, awesome. <laughs> I did too. Um, but yeah, we'll be, uh, I'll be tackling that with um, Richard Dunham, who is cool. already a minute by minute podcaster. He's been doing Ghibli Minute. That's right. That's right. And um, yeah, we're looking for guests. So, you know, Duncan, if you've seen akira and you want to be on it i'd love to yeah i'd love to that's a great film we'd love to have you on awesome sign me up all right you're in okay cool <laughs> uh do you want to go Don over where people <laughs> Jack! yeah yeah uh i guess if you want to do you want to tell people where they can find you on the interwebs yes sure um 
I have done a Deep Space Nine podcast with my brother and a friend. Four years ago we started. I never never thought we'd do it, but we did it. We covered every single episode of Deep Space Nine. One of the best TV shows ever, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, that's reopeningthewormhole.com. Uh, with my friend Jeff Clark, I also do a show about Planet of the Apes, which is another great franchise. Yeah. Um, that's at the apecast.libson.com. And I'm also covering everything new in the Star Trek world at Jack Silly Little Friendly Neighborhood Star Trek Discovery Short Treks. And Picard podcast. We're, uh, nice. I don't know when this is coming out, but probably when it's coming out, we're covering Picard or we've already finished talking about Picard. Star Trek the, Picard. Yeah, the projected air date for this is uh, April. Late April, all right, early May. All right. We've, well, then we've already, we've already finished talking about Picard. Oh, well, all right then. Oh, my gosh. We're getting ready to... Uh, dive in new Discovery Season 3 and yeah. uh, later in the year Lower Decks the animated Star Trek cartoon That's comedy right. show by Rick and Morty man so listeners you can head over there right now and listen to it because this is the future it's the future and uh, if you want to hear me doing a minute by minute format on that podcast we also did a little thing we did a minute by minute coverage of Marge versus the Monorail, the classic Simpsons season four episode. The classic. Yeah. Conan O'Brien classic. That's right. That's um, a good one. So yeah, that's all my dumb stuff that I do. Check it all out. <laughs> Fantastic. And if you want to get in touch with us about our dumb stuff, check out more at tronologicallyspeaking.com. Drop us a line on Twitter at tronologicallyspeaking. Send us an email at tronologicallyspeaking at gmail.com or join us on Facebook at the Tronologically Speaking Tron Minute by Minute listeners page. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, shout out to pond5.com for the awesome music at the beginning and end. And special thanks to the Star Wars Minute that started it all. Go on over to moviesbyminute.com and see if your favorite movie is there. If it isn't, consider doing one yourself. It's a very inclusive and encouraging community, and I highly recommend the experience. If you like to talk about movies a lot, which I do. <laughs> all right. Well, do you want to try a little? Uh, it's been fantastic having you back, man. I just want to say it's been it's yeah. been fantastic having you back. Duncan, thank you so much. I have had an amazing time being on the show. Awesome. I love you. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. It's been great having you. You want to try a little end of line on three? Let's do it. All right. One, two, three. End, end of line. Of line. <laughs>